Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Uh, We've been going through this series called A Christmas Playlist where we've been looking at different Christmas songs and the background of those songs. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there are a lot of Christmas songs that inspired people, became the anthem of their life, and and wrote it, you know, for uh, whatever reason. They, They said, you know, the birth of Jesus impacted my life. And so a song was written or uh, was found as, and became this anthem for the way they wanted to do ministry, they wanted way, the way they wanted to do their life. And yesterday was so much fun. Now, there were people who were asking, hey, where is it going to be held? And I just want to tell you just for future reference, yet now you know it was at the Gulfarium if you, did, if you didn't click on the QR code. But we could not tell anybody where it was because we have to keep these children safe. And so what we don't announce, if we're going to do a special event, just so you know in the future, we're going to be saying, hey, go here or go there or get the information and we'd love to have you serve, but we will not be saying, especially since this is being broadcast, and by the way, welcome to all of you who are watching online, thank you so much for joining us. We want to make sure that we don't broadcast it out because there are some people who, if given the chance, uh, would do harm to some of these children. And we do everything we can to protect them. Amen? And thank you for all of that. And it was a lot of fun. I do have one additional announcement to add just so that you can uh, go ahead and and put it into your mind. Uh, Next Sunday, we'll be here on the 20th. And uh, we'll have a message really all about Luke chapter 2 and and an additional song. And then on the 27th, our services will be online only. And so we'll not meet live on the 27th. We're going to give our band uh, a break. We want to give you a a break. We want you to meet around Christmas, around your homes. A lot of people are going to be traveling. And so stay safe if you're traveling over the Christmas holidays. But then we will have our online service and for everybody. So those of you online, it's not going to affect anything. But for those of us who are coming on the 27th, we will have online services only. So go ahead and mark your calendar for that. You'll be getting more information in emails and social media about that. But I just wanted to make sure that we gave you a heads up a couple weeks in advance. So... A Christmas playlist. Now, at the beginning of every one of these uh, messages, we've had some kind of a game. And, the, and uh, though Azita's last week did so fantastic. You know, thank you, Brent. Thank you, Amy. This week, Christmas songs, the emoji challenge. And so this is for everybody. Online, for those of you who want you to participate, see if you can guess it, uh, you know, before we guess it here in the house. I'm just going to give you a couple of emojis. And you just, as soon as you know what the name of the song is, you just shout it out. Let's see who is the best emoji. I don't even know what that means. Just here, here we go. Santa baby. Who said Santa baby? Way to go. Wow. Santa baby. You got it now? You ready? Next one's very easy. There's a little drummer boy. But there's a drummer boy. Very good. Next one, you ready? Holy cow, you need to quit playing. So Anna Marie. Just, you, you, do you do this for a living? Do you create emojis? Did you? Wow. Not say it, sing. Not say it, sing. Oh, they should. And she could sing it, Sherry. That's the deal. So, uh, so Anna Marie, just for us, just, just play with us. When you get it, just raise your hand. And everybody else, go ahead and shout it out loud. I'm going to be watching to see you. Are you ready? Oh, very good. She's like, well, of course, everybody knows that. Do you see what I see? Good job, Charles Barnes. Here we go. 
I'll be home for Christmas. Rock and roll teenagers. Good job. Ready? This one's a little bit more difficult. It's a song. Group these people together. Not even Anna Marie has her hand raised. Anyone, anyone, anyone? Should I give you one word? Mary. Whoa, way to go. Someone in the cheap seats. Good job. Way to go. We wish you a Merry Christmas. All right. A little harder even yet. <laughs> Is that what y'all are laughing at? You're welcome. Oh, he changed it around because it's a different song title. Oh, I love you sounding it out. Good job. Keep going. Keep going. This is the toughest one I've got. Who said that? Say it out loud. Yeah, yes, it's a Mariah Carey song. Good job. Wow. The orthopedic surgeons rock. Trauma orthopedic surgeons in your case. Good job. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is... Uh, all right. Last one. Real... Oh, holy night. I didn't know what else other than a bowling ball or something. I didn't know. Oh, holy night. It's a lot of fun, Christmas to me. And I enjoy games like this. I enjoy this time of the season. I enjoy all the songs. Today's song is capturing the, the, the dual nature of the birth of Jesus and even the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus where some people around the world celebrate it. There are others who do not like it at all. And the war didn't begin here. The war began in heaven. And so our song today really carries out these two pictures that we actually have played out in Scripture. Because in Luke chapter 2, you have this real gentle, at night, manger scene, a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, shepherds following a star, worshiping the boy king, the Messiah, Jesus, Emmanuel, God, has come close to us. But in Revelation chapter 12, you see that the same event portrayed in a very different way. And I know that Revelation is written really in a, in a poetic language and it's a vision and it's meant to describe a whole lot more. But, but next week we're going to really just focus in every year right before Christmas we read you know, the Christmas story written by this Dr. Luke and, and how he just saw and, and portrayed how God came into the world as an innocent baby and changed all of us. 
But in Revelation 12, I want you to get this image. And it covers a whole lot more than really just the birth of Jesus. It's, and I'll describe a little bit of that. But I, let's just read Revelation 12. And I want you to get I want this picture of the war that happens between God and Satan, heaven and hell, and how Jesus came to transform everything to move you in the direction of God. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun with the moon beneath her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant. She cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. And then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads seven, and ten horns with seven crowns on his head. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to the earth, a reference to angels. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all the nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled to the wilderness where, there, where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. Amen. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. And then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore... Rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens, rejoice. But terror will come to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, but she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. A fancy way of saying three and a half years. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. This includes you. And all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. So, in this very poetically written Revelation chapter 12, he's describing, John is, is describing Jesus and his birth, of course. And the mother represented in Scripture includes Mary, but it's greater than Mary. It is all of God's people, beginning from ancient Israel, all the way through the prophets, into the New Testament where you have the apostles, and Jesus was the son that was born. And then the church, all, and it includes you. And he says there's this war ignited over your soul between God and, and Satan, who was cast out of heaven with one-third of the angels. And now they have little time. 
And the birth of Jesus, yes, is beautiful and holy and precious. And, and the creator of the universe sent his son as an innocent child. But behind it, the evil one knows far too well that if you were to decide that you want that baby, that boy, that Messiah, that redeemed in your life, then you belong to God. And he would rather snatch you away. One song that we sing every year has this dual nature in it, and it's O Holy Night. What a beautiful song. This song was written, and it describes really the innocence and the power and the majesty and the peace and the quietness of the birth of Jesus. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn Fall on your knees. O oh, hear the angel voices. O oh, night divine, when Christ was born. O oh, night divine, O oh, night. O oh, night divine. Such a beautiful song, amen? Just the birth of God came near. He came near to you. He leaned into you. He, he wanted so much for you to be with his Father in heaven that he gave up everything. And came here to rescue you and take you home. But this song, from the time it was created, has been clouded in controversy. This song was written in a small southern village in France. And there was a priest who had a, an organ that had been damaged, I believe, in the flood three years earlier. And they finally had the organ fixed, they were bringing it back into the building and to celebrate that event, which was right before Christmas, this priest went to a local poet and asked him, would you write a poem just around the, the birth of Jesus and we're going to be celebrating bringing this organ back into our church. And so, in 1847, Placide Capot was a French poet, uh, wrote the poem. In fact, this priest went to him. He lived in the village and said, would you write this poem? Now, he was mostly known as a child who had a friend who shot his right hand off. And so you can barely see in the picture that he covers his right hand. He didn't have a hand. And so he was left-handed. He owned a wine shop, and, and he was a poet. And so this priest asked him to. So one day... As he was riding in a carriage to Paris, uh, he got out a Bible and he read the story of the birth of Jesus in, out of the book of Luke. And he said, he closed his eyes and he tried to imagine what would it have been like to have been there in that place, in that manger with those animals all alone and witness the birth of Jesus. 
And from that perspective, with that picture in his mind, he wrote, O Holy Night. Inspired even by his own work, he went to a friend of his, Adolf Adam, and asked him if he would put it to music, which he did. And three weeks later, on Christmas Eve, 1847, uh, this song, I'm sorry, 1947, this song was played. And, and uh, no, 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 I have it so wrong. 1847, this song was written and played. And the church loved it. That little, that priest, that small uh, Catholic church loved the song, the people loved the song, and real quickly it got out. And everybody's like, who wrote that song? Who wrote that song? And everybody found out that uh, Mr. Capu wrote, wrote the song. And they're like, you're kidding me. You let him write that song? You ask him to write that song? You let him bring that song into our church? He's not even a Christian. Why, he's an atheist. And he is a part of the socialist movement in France. And you let him write a song about the birth of Jesus. And who wrote the music to it? Mr. Adams, are you kidding? He's a Jew. He does not even believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And as soon as the song was introduced and people began to fell, fall, fell in love with the song, fall in love with the song, it was banned from church. Across all of France, all churches were banned from playing this song. Ten years later, in America, a man named John Sullivan Dwight heard the song and fell in love with it. Not because of the words about Jesus being born. We already had Christmas songs about the words of Jesus being born. No. What captured his heart was the third verse of that song that he wanted to use to inspire Christians to get involved to go to war against slavery. And so the third verse of the song says, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppression shall cease. And this song became an anthem, especially in the north, to inspire Christians to go to war against their brother for the freeing of slaves in our nation. Quite amazing. And so this song has been clouded in controversy from its beginning. Ten years after that, the song was once again, again introduced, this time in a war between France and Germany. And as they were fighting in France and Germany on Christmas Eve, legend has it that one of the French soldiers stood up, got up out of the trenches, stood in the middle of everybody and started singing and all firing ceased. And the song he chose to sing in French was oh, what we call O Holy Night. And all the soldiers from both sides stopped and listened to the song. He sang all three verses. And when he finished, a singer from the German army stood up and sang a song written by Martin Luther. 
In which case, everybody laid down their weapons and came and met each other and called a ceasefire for 24 hours to celebrate Christmas. And then the fighting continued. In 1906, a man named Reginald Fessenden created what we now call radio waves. It was the first voice carried on airwaves. And on Christmas Eve in 1906, for the very first time, people heard a, a, a human voice, not just Morse code, transmitted across these airwaves. And the first thing read was the story of the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2. And right after that was played on a violin by Reginald this song, O Holy Night. Very first, what we would call radio broadcast. Such a beautiful song that has been covered in mystery and war and anger. It, to me, it's just amazing that a song this beautiful that is meant to really bring out in us the hope that came into the world by the birth of Jesus Christ. So, we're going to play this song. Then after the song, I really want to ask, what are you going to do with this man that we call Jesus? And in this song, written by an atheist, the music by someone who does not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, Covered to inspire people to war. And then across the airwaves to bring people peace. The song, O Holy Night, almost asks you, begs of you to decide. What will you do with the child born called Jesus? O Holy Night.
It is a pretty song. I love the way in the song it just begins to move you from the birth of Jesus into what is it that you want to fight for? What is it that you want your life to represent? So in the first verse, it's all about the birth of Jesus and how God has come to draw us near. And by the time you get to the third verse, it's like, what difference does this make in your life? It's like, it should change the way we treat each other, shouldn't it? It should change the way we love each other. It should change the way that we say, if we really believe that Jesus has come to unite all people, then why do we treat each other so poorly? Why do we fight against each other? At what point are we willing to stand up and say, yes, chains shall he break. The slave is our brother. My boss is not my enemy. I can remember, and I'm not going to, I've shared, you know, years back and several times where I was, where I was standing the night that I made a decision, I'm going to give up everything to follow Jesus. Can you remember where you were? Can you remember where you were standing? Can you remember, has God ever just overwhelmed you so much that you knew from this point forward, I can't live my life the way I've been living it? When I look at all of these different people who came together and wrote this song and created the music and the words and, and all the controversy and and all the way that this simple song, this simple message of Jesus coming into the world and changing everything, how it showed itself through our history. And I ask, hey, what's the point? Well, the birth of Jesus changes things. It's supposed to change things. It's supposed to show you that there is a real war going on. And that even though what God really wants to do is take your life and bring you to a place of peace, and, and how Jesus came into the world to bring hope that there is an enemy doing everything he can to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus quietly cries out to us. John 12, he says, And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness and that's the message of this song that's the hope of the birth of the son of God is that you see him and not just and not just believe that a long time ago a baby was born but that you have the opportunity to say in your life what am I going to do with Jesus Light came into the world so that you would not remain in darkness. And the, the cry to me of this simple song just says, what are you going to do with me? I don't know why we fight so hard to give up our life and give it over to God, but we do. And a song that is meant to bring peace ends up starting war. And so today, I just want to invite you, if you believe that your life has had so much chaos, so much pain, that you look at where you are and you know, I need the peace of Jesus. I need the hope of 
from the cradle. I need what was born in that stable, what was born that night, I need in my life. And the enemy will do everything he can to take you away from what is meant to bring peace to our earth and peace to your soul. But I pray today you choose Jesus. I pray today that what started on that faithful night when Jesus was born will end in your salvation. We sang it earlier in the song. What started in a cradle ended in an empty tomb. And that's my prayer for you. So what I want to do right now is just offer up a prayer. And if you are sitting here today and you have said or would say the birth of Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection really has made no difference in my life. I want to invite you today to just take a step. And so I just want to have a simple prayer. This prayer is not a prayer of salvation. It's not a prayer that really does anything other than ask you in your heart, what are you going to do with Jesus? And it's meant to lead you into a deeper discussion, into a Bible study, into a time where you will declare Jesus is Lord and I choose him. Can I offer that prayer? Can I do that with you right now as we end our message? And by the way, this is also a prayer that's going to lead us more toward our time in communion. This is a time where we stop everything and just say, Lord God, I want to give up my life completely to you because what you did on the cross changed everything. And I want to celebrate that death, burial, and resurrection by the drinking of this cup of juice and the eating of this simple piece of bread to declare your life, your death, your burial, your resurrection inside all of me. And I give myself completely to you. That's this prayer. Would you bow with me? Lord God.